Everyone knows the apron is the hardest part of the ring, but this is the nerdiest part of the ring. Your weekly news roundup for the wide world of professional wrestling. I am your host for today. I am the five-star man, Asa Gray. And joining me at this time is the Big D, Dalton Anthony. Yo. Dalton, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing good. Asa, I think I figured out my sound issue. I don't think I'm going to be peaking as bad as I used to. Hooray. Yeah, I might. You don't know, but I (laughs) I may have fixed it. Although it looks like I'm peaking now. I did like three test runs before CCW Live happened. And this wasn't happening then. But now it looks like it is. So maybe I didn't fix it. It has always been... Your voice, specifically, has always been weird. When we were recording with Podzilla at the store in person, yours was always the problem one. Like, I've gone through and, like, tried to, like, normalize and edit your volume on this show to varying levels of success. Um, If we end up recording this in person, I look forward to having the exact same problems. Yeah, so. and, and it's never me trying to be a jerk. Like, <laughs> if it was me trying to be funny, that was one thing. But, like, I genuinely tried fixing it tonight. And it looked like I did, like, two test runs. And um, it always, like, it looked like I fixed it. But now, yeah, it's, we'll see. now it's doing it again. So, ah, I tried. Love you, Asa. It's it's probably fine. Look, if you're if you're listening to this show... You're not coming in looking for like the cleanest audio, the most professional, you know, don't get me wrong. Uh, Mouthpiece Studios did that amazing intro music for us that I am still just like can't believe like it's it's perfect. It's yeah, exactly no, what I was it. hoping for. Um, that is the most professional part of this show. Oh, we have is is we, is, is, is we, Roger. If we ever decided to make shirts, we have a dope ass logo. Yeah. Which again, that came off of that was from Fiverr. Yeah. So I just wanted to, and I, I wanted and to again, it that. would be something I would probably like if we if there if there was ever because uh, again, like we talked about, I've talked about this before. Like I, I'm not doing this to create like a huge audience. Like I like just being able to talk with cool people, and we've got cool people that we get to talk to. Um, but if there was ever enough of a demand where like shirts were a viable thing to do, I would 100% just hit up Roger again. Just for mouthpiece, because he did the TVA design, the the Violence Association. He did Grindhouse. Yeah. Um, like, dude does amazing work. Shout out to. In fact, you know what? I'm just gonna throw it out there. Um, mouthpiece Studios. Let me grab my thing real quick. Uh, that's my power of positivity for the week. Because we start off uh every episode with a power of positivity, just because the internet can be such a terrible, no good, very bad place. Uh, just negative and unnecessarily just bad. So we want to put out a little bit of positivity. And I want to shout out Roger because he does awesome work. And he's also just a really cool dude. Like, I haven't gotten to talk. I haven't made it up to any of the St. Louis shows recently to get a chance to really, like, talk to him again. But he's just, he's an awesome guy. Let me grab the thing real quick because I want to make sure I get it right. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, no, he's done a lot of really cool shirts. I know he does, uh, slammers. I've seen him do slammer shirts. Uh, I have a 2D Lynn Ramsey shirt that, uh, has his logo on the back of it. That shirt's dope as hell. Yeah. Um, he does, no, he does great work. And like his, like the beginning, the bumper, uh, intro for us is fantastic. Like couldn't have asked for better. Um, but yeah, the Man, Roger, can, Roger fi- kicks ass. He's on, he's on Twitter at I am a mouthpiece, all one word. And then on Instagram and Facebook at Mouthpiece Studios. So check him out. He does awesome work. He's and he's like I said, he's just like more importantly to being like, you know, to doing good and being talented. He's also like a good dude. So 
I'm gonna I'm gonna give my I had a different power positivity plant, but I'm gonna you know what we're loosey goosey here, Dalton. Yeah, it's we're, we're no I mean yeah. Granted, we don't go on tangents. You know, there's no distractions or side conversations. It's a very focused, like a laser beam show. Yeah, I don't remember where I was going with that. Do What's you your power positivity this week? Um, this one's gonna go to uh, mine's gonna go to Brandon Barbwire this week. Um, mainly just because like. In the last six years, um, like he's probably been my favorite person and entity within the wrestling community. Uh, Brandon Barbwire is one of uh, CCW's guys. He's been wrestling for, I want to say, 18 years. Um, he's the guy that trained me. Um, and whenever I started training, I had a short list of dream matches. And I, the one that had eluded me for the longest time was Brandon. Um, and I finally got to do that two weekends ago, uh, for the Ashley McClure show. So it was, it was super cool because like the Ashley McClure, uh, Memorial show, the, is the CCW show where all proceeds goes to St. Jude. That show means the world to a lot of us in that locker room. And, um, it was at Delta and that's a very, um, historic venue for CCW. And it's kind of the venue where a lot of us, uh, try new things and like kind of workshop things for ourselves um and brandon and i had a match and it was something that we both like did 50 50 work on getting to put it together but um the way that we put it together and the way we worked on it brandon was very giving and loving towards both of our characters and how it would make sense and we actually got to like workshop it in front of the trainees at proving grounds in sykeston and it was just it was a really cool moment four years um almost five from my first training session with Brandon to get to like share knowledge with Brandon, have Brandon share knowledge with me. And then both of us get to like show people that are brand new to wrestling. Like this is how you do this. And like whenever you're planning stuff to like make shit make sense. And it's been one of those things like the last couple of months, my, my mental health personally hasn't been the best. Uh, well, it's getting better. I'm, I'm fixing things slowly, but surely. But Brandon has been one of the consistent people that like I've talked to about it and has like I've been talking shit through with and just getting to have that match with them at the end of the year and like finally getting the match with Brandon and it being a very fun match that both of us were very happy about. Like it was just a good moment for me and I couldn't have done that without Brandon. Honestly, the last four years of my rest, like my wrestling career in general, I could not have done without Brandon. So um, it was really cool to end 2022 on. Is probably my best year in wrestling was this year. And to get to end it with wrestling brand. Well, I have like one more match, but um, for the, like the big overarching bubble, um, I started it with a whole brand new character and got to end it with wrestling Brandon. Um, it was pretty dope. But that being said, come to stride pro wrestling this weekend. I'll be wrestling David uh, Lee Walker. Uh, the last time I wrestled him, Asa, I damn near chopped the soul out of him. <laughs> that was the one where I the guy hit me and I turned around and overhanded him and I hit him so hard it shocked me. Yeah, I'm wrestling <laughs> that guy on Saturday. Um, I'm gonna try to make a crater. And I'm not a chop so, guy, but I'm gonna make a crater. On Saturday you're gonna be a chop guy. Yeah. Um that is no, and it, like you're stride is also like that's another company that's been important to us in the last several years. Yeah. Um so yeah, shout out to shout out to Stride as well. Um and he talks about like, yeah, you have had a phenomenal year. Like it's, it's, you know, specifically like CCW, like the stuff with the Academy, the heel turn, like all of that. It's, yeah. it's been very, very good. 
and you've and you've done well with it. Yeah. And it's and, something that like me personally, uh, it's like something I've known you would be capable of if you just had the opportunity. And now that you've been given the opportunity, you're taking the ball and you're running with it. And I am very proud of you, but I'm not going to be nice to you anymore. So shut yeah, the fuck up yeah, about yourself. But that goes on to Brandon, though, like, because, again, like, he's the person that during this whole Academy thing, like, I don't don't want to peel back the curtain too much. But the Academy very much was like Brandon's like brainchild, like Jason and Brandon came up with it. But Brandon was really the one to pull me aside and be like, do it like this just do it like this and trust your gut on it. And if I need to correct you, I will. And he's only had to correct me a few times, but every correction he's made has like made it 50 times better every time. Um, and again, like not just in CCW, but like, I feel like my 2022 as a whole, like, and I mean, of course I've been doing it longer, so I should be getting better if I'm not, that's a problem. But like, I feel like I've had such a solid year of just having good matches for my own personal benefit of like I'm learning a lot, I'm working a lot harder, and it's a lot of things that I send it to Brandon, and Brandon's very much been my soundboard this year for wrestling, and I feel like that was helped me out so much more. Just like everything I do, I send to him at this point, just to mm -hmm. be like, what's it look like? And he always gives me good, honest feedback. He never uh, pumps me up unless I he feels like I truly deserve it. Um, so he's been he's been the positive force of my wrestling life this year. And this past, not last weekend, but the weekend before was the, really the icing on top. Because you know how long I've been wanting to wrestle him. And, oh, yeah, forever. Yeah, and it was, I finally got the opportunity to. And to not just, like, go in there and get my ass completely handed to me, but to have, I did lose, unfortunately. But uh, to have a very competitive match, it meant a lot to me. So that was, that was dope as hell. Hell yeah. I was so bummed I was sick for that. Like, that pissed me off so bad. I sent you the highlights of the match. Yeah, I, I did, but I wanted to be there. And yeah. also because, like, the Ashland McClure show is such an important thing as yeah. well, so. Shit, that was, um, that's my power, that's my 1B power of positivity. It's Brandon Barbwire and the Ashland McClure show. Because, yeah. fuck, that was a fun night. And we raised money for St. Jude, and it was awesome, and it was a super positive show in the back and out in the crowd. Um, we didn't have, uh, Ace, we didn't have barricades, so me and Brandon bought, oh, shit, me and somebody that works for CCW bought a fuckload of tinsel, and we uh, bar we made it a barricade. <laughs> <laughs> because if you're listening, Missouri Athletic Commission, there was a barricade put in place, just not our normal one. No, fuck the Missouri Athletic Commission, Asa, because we just had to have something. Literally tinsel that was breaking yes. as I was trying to tie it. Their rules are bullshit and they're bullshit. Fuck them. Yes, they are. But I'm also not going to say something on here that could potentially be used against the company. We had because, a barricade. Yes. But it's the same thing. Uh. Uh, um, AHCW did where they didn't have a barricade, so they had traffic cones and string tied between them. It counts. It's a bar it is a barrier barricade. between the ring and the crowd. Yes, it, that's but that's their that's their rule. We're just following it. it oh, I fucking hate them. I hate them so much. Oh god, it's so I hate annoying. <laughs> it's so annoying. Sorry, we're positive um, here. I mean, Bill's a lovely human, but I hate the rest of them. <laughs> hey, we don't talk bad about. We did. I said I love them. I know. I'm just saying. Just he's up there. You're getting you're getting heated. I need you to rain it down a little. Bring right. it in. Bring it in. Um, for those of you wondering, when like Asa, you promised us you were going to do a, a full gear review show. Yeah. Well, Eddie Guerrero lied too. So uh, <laughs> I legit almost posted a thing on our Twitter of like of the gif of like, hey, um, I know I said we were going to do the review show, but and then just the gif of him doing the I lied. 
but I couldn't find a good enough one, so I just didn't. Um, but real life stuff happens, and we were not able to get the show out like I was really, I genuinely was hoping we were going to. Um, but it didn't work out. So I do like legit. I am sorry. I feel bad that like, again, I get no one's like looking at their phone, refreshing it every 30 seconds. Like, where's the full gear review? Like that didn't happen, but I said we wanted to do one and we really did. We just didn't get a chance to. So I am sorry that we didn't get that out, but we will talk about, uh, we'll talk about full gear. We'll talk about survivor series. Um, but we're going to start off with previewing final battle and NXT deadline. Um, also in the interest of full disclosure, I'm posting this on Thursday like normal, but we are actually recording this on Wednesday because Thursday is the Game Awards and I am a sucker for capitalism and I want to watch the commercials for the games that haven't been announced yet to show up. Am I holding out specifically for a Spider-Man 2 trailer? Yes, um, but there could be other cool stuff too. So I wanted to watch that. So we're uh, we may not have the full... If you're wondering, like, hey, they announced this on Dynamite Wednesday, it's because we it, it's happening right now, yeah. and we didn't see the announcement. So, um, starting things off with ROH Final Battle, uh, that is this coming Saturday. Um, where is the date? October, December 10th, October. What the hell is wrong with me? Uh, Saturday, December 10th is ROH Final Battle, and right now, this is going to be an easy one, because there's only five matches announced as of this time. And I, again, I, this is one that I'm going to get just because I like wrestling. I'll pay for a pay-per-view. I like ROH. I hope it gets its own thing. Um, Tony Khan did a press call today where he talked about uh, William Regal leaving the company, where Regal asked to have his contract not renewed at the end of this year because he does want to go back to WWE to coach, but primarily so he can help coach his son, um, who is currently wrestling on the NXT brand. Uh, as Charlie Dempsey, who had Drew Gulak at ringside come and watch his match last night. So, Dalton, William Regal's son is getting paired with Drew Gulak. So, as you sent me that message, um, I really want his first, like, cup, like six months in the company is all these amazing wrestlers just beating the shit out of them for the amount of shit that their dad beat the shit, or his dad beat the shit out of them for. Like the sins of the father <laughs> i don't know why i want that to be a thing so much but i really do like drew gulak he gets in the ring and just starts beating the shit out of him he's like your mm. dad did this to me <laughs> your dad stretched me so i'm gonna stretch you uh that would be kind of funny yeah um but also part of this is apparently like william regal isn't going to be an on-air he AEW is like letting him out of his con like they're not renewing his contract but it's like conditionally so he can go back as a coach but not as like an on-air yeah. figure so we won't get to see anything on screen for our, the foreseeable future but it's still cool that they're like I think it's cool of them to you know they could I don't know what the contract looks like obviously but from what it sounded like it sounded like they could have denied his request yeah and like and, and kept him but they didn't do that so you know good on them well, and um, it, it, another goes, it goes back to like, you don't really want people that don't want to work for you working for you because that creates toxicity. Yeah. Yeah. No kidding. Yeah. Um, and then another thing that came at that end of that um, interview, apparently, is that Tony Khan said that he would have something to say um, regarding the future of ROH following final battle. Um, and that. ROH, the brand, will have less of a focus on AEW programming going forward. 
And now when he says after final battle, I'm not expecting like the main event to happen and then him to come out and make this big announcement. It's possible we could get something on Saturday, but I would think maybe in the next month or so we could finally get a something about what the ROH television situation is going to be. You know, are they going to get their own network show? Is it going to be a streaming service exclusive? What's going on? I think there's a lot of uh, a lot of very interesting possibilities. Um, but as for the card itself, I'm actually super excited for it um, because some of these matches, I think, are just like it's not the story. It's just like I'm super excited for the match. Mm-hmm. Um, case in point, Samoa Joe defending the ROH World Television Championship against Juice Robinson. That's going to be insane. That's just going to be a very good wrestling match. Yeah. I like Samoa Joe as a heel. I like him as a double champion. Um, I was very, very wrong about my prediction because he was basically the one person that I didn't expect to win that match at full gear. Yeah. But same. here we are. Uh, and I'm not upset about it at all. Um, the one. The the ROH Women's Championship will be defended as Mercedes Martinez defends against Athena. This match is going to be amazing. Athena with her new just like beat the fuck out of you uh, heel character. Yeah. And Mar- uh, Mercedes Martinez coming back. Oh, give me this all day. This is one that like this needs to go. I hope it goes long. Like because oh, I'm I'm so on board with this. Yeah. It's, it's going to be ugly, but like the best kind of ugly. Yeah, that was uh, juicier tweet. I don't know if it was this week of just like or her statement of. If I was a male wrestler, nobody'd be talking this much shit about how hard I hit people. And I was yeah. like, yeah, I dig that. Because, I mean, yeah, she's right. Because, like, I love Ishii. Uh, and that's just kind Minoru of... Minoru Suzuki, yeah. Yeah, like... Daniel Bra- Brian Danielson. I got it. It's, it's so ingrained in my brain. Yeah, no, point. I still I do it from time to time, too. It's just one of those, like, I agree with her. Like, and quite frankly, I like the edge she's been having. It's been, yeah. like, her match with Blaney Luck where it just starts out and she murders her on Front Street loved it well it all comes i think it all comes from that jody threat match yeah where it because it was kind of out of left field you know she was still like she was coming off that loss against jade cargill and you know then she comes out and just fucking like her and jody threat just like holy shit what is like and and i now that it's more established of like no this is the character she's doing it it makes a lot of sense but she is correct that like if that was the kind of, if that same kind of level of squash match had happened and it was just, you know, Minoru Suzuki beating the fuck out of somebody. John Moxley beating the fuck out of somebody. Nobody said anything. No one would have said a word. Yeah. Just like, oh man, kind of seems like you really kind of uh, fucked up the enhancement talent there a little bit. Like, did you have to do them like that? But it wouldn't be the pearl clutching of. Yeah, it's a double it, standard. You know. It's gross. I And now that we're. And now that we're getting Athena versus someone who can hit her back, like in a match that's going to be booked to be able to be even. Dope. Because, yeah, she's just been squashing people on on Dark and, and Dark Elevation. But now that she's going to have like a match match. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Going to be I'm real excited. fun. Uh, another one that I am very, very excited for. But this one actually like has the history behind it. Swerve in our glory. Swerve Strickland and Keith Lee taking on Shane Taylor and J.D. Griffey. Whew. I'm going to be honest. I, I I love the team of Swerve in Our Glory, obviously. I I love Shane Taylor. The Shane Taylor productions, like the fact that that hasn't been a bigger part of the ROH rebrand. Huge miss, in my opinion. But 
the history, but and I, but I do wish that this was a singles match between Keith Lee and Shane Taylor. Yeah. Like one, the history between the two of them and two full gear. Keith Lee walks out on Swerve Strickland. So why I don't I don't, I don't dig that because to me this feels like it's going to be a match, but it's going to set up more towards Swerve versus Lee. Yeah. Well, because like, you know, because you know, Swerve's going to leave Lee at the end of the match. Yeah. And leave Lee to get fucked up. Mm-hmm. Because like that's why he looks so happy. Oh, I'm going to get my comeuppance against somebody that wants to hurt you anyway. So this is going to be real easy to screw you over. Yeah. Like so. I'm I'm not excited on that aspect of it, but just the idea like, cool, we are getting Shane Taylor on an ROH pay-per-view like under the AEW umbrella. Yeah, it's cool. Hell yeah. yeah. I'm super excited about that. Uh, The Pure Wrestling Rules, Pure ROH Pure Championship. Daniel Garcia defends against Wheeler Yuta. Who? The last ROH show that they did where they they had this match. Fucking incredible. Uh, This is, I can't imagine that this is going to be you know, just as incredible. So it's a little bit of a known quantity going in, but I cannot wait for this. Like this is another match that like this in the, um, women's match, I think is the, the match of the ones that are announced so far. This is what I'm most excited for easily. Yeah. Those two always tear it up. They had that match and then the match where Garcia won as much as it broke my heart, that Garcia won. Like, Mm -hmm. Oh, there's, they, they, they wrestle each other really well. Yeah, they, they know each other super well. And then the main event, ROH World Championship, Chris Jericho defends against Claudio Castagnoli. If Castagnoli loses, he will have to join the Jericho Appreciation Society. Boo. 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 Boo this stipulation. This is so... St- I'm, I'm done with Blackpool Combat Club. Part of the... So we're going to get to my feelings on Regal and MJF here shortly. Part of my disappointment in the Blackpool Combat Club is how 98% of its existence has been entangled in the Jericho Appreciation Society. Yeah. And that to me is a huge missed opportunity. And I'm I'm so done with the angle. I, I don't really like the the trope of, you know, person loses has to join the other person's group. Like, I think that's, I don't, I don't dig that. So the the, the stipulation around it, I'm not a fan of, and it also kind of telegraphs it to me. Like, I don't see Claudio winning this again. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't see him winning it here. I see them trying to force, you know, the, you know, maybe they put him in a tag team with uh, Jake Hager again. I but I'm man or the match itself. I think the match is going to be great. I you know, obviously, Chris Jericho is my personal greatest of all time. Uh, Claudio is such a phenomenal talent. He I he could wrestle me and we'd still do like a four star match. Uh, do you want the darkest timeline of what's going to happen? Uh, finger poke of doom 2.0. No, even worse. Somehow worse than that. Um, they double swerve us and then they make Jake Hager like the uh, ultimate baby face coming out of it where it's him in that fucking purple hat. But now it's not a purple hat. Now it's a fucking maroon hat and it's a different color hat every week. But he loves that hat because it looks great on him. And that is the new baby face we're going to get out of it. And that is the darkest timeline. 
Oh, I told I'm, you it was worse than Finger Poke Dune 2.0. Did I not? Did I not fucking tell you that? I'm good at this. I just broke you a little bit. I can't adequately put into words uh-huh. how much I want to slap you in the face right Right, because right? it's just, it's, it's not, it is stupid and it should not happen. But it's not the stupidest. So there's a possibility. I hate you. Because it could happen. And if it so does... F- so fully. <laughs> and completely. And if this happens... Just... If this happens, and this is going to be a, just a personal reference, or, like, connection for us, if that happens, and it happens the exact way, same way I did, you need to put it in our wrestling group chat with Kenny and Tyler this episode and go, like, go to this timestamp. Dalton fucking called it. I will not do that. I'll because do I will it. Have, I will have canceled the show, deleted every episode, <laughs> scrubbed you from my memory, and moved and started a new life in, like, Iceland. Because here's the thing. Let me explain why this could work. For one, Jake Hager has a good look, and, like, if you give him something to do that's worth it, he's actually really fun. Claudio, though, and that's the one that people would be like, well, that would never work. Claudio can be funny. Almost to the point that my favorite part of Moxley's book is jokes that Claudio told me. And he can do funny and he can do that goofy pro wrestling or sports entertainer gimmick with Jericho and all them. It'd be an epic waste of him, but he could do it and it would be great. So I don't think that it's the, the, the idea that could never work. I just think it's a bad idea. If it happens... You're going to hate me forever, and I'm aware of it, but I just want to put it out there that I could be right. Counterpoint. Yes. Claudio loses, but Hager makes a genuine effort to, like, make him enjoy his time in the JAS by presenting him his own hat. Like, now we have matching hats, and it's, like, wholesome Hager. What if if it becomes a hat on a pole match? Okay, okay, we're moving on. All right, what's the next match? There's a lot of wrestling on Saturday, December 10th. Because NXT Deadline is also taking place. Um, we have a singles match, Alba Fire versus Isla Dawn. Is it Isla Dawn? Isla Dawn? I think it's Isla. I'm pretty sure it's Isla. I also am like completely blanking on it, So, but that's a match that's happening. Um, Braun Breaker versus Apollo Crews for the NXT Championship. Uh, this match is going to be just ignorantly athletic. Yeah. Um, I am very much looking forward to it. It's the match that I'm second most looking forward to because the match that I'm most looking forward to is the NXT Tag Team Championships will be defended as Pretty Deadly Defend Against the New Day. Yeah. Give them the crowns. Give them all of their crowns. Because what happens when you're born? <laughs> That's right. Fucking Xavier Woods yep. <laughs> is a, a, a treasure that we do not deserve. Just um, I don't the, think the New Day are going to win, but no. like if they did, that would be. I would love to see a New Day tag team NXT tag title, like t- tag team championships run. Yeah, well, that was a sentence that I completely butchered, but you know what I'm trying to say. It's one of those like when you sent it to me because again I don't watch NXT, but like when you sent it to me, I was like that'll be either be like that'll be a good win for Pretty Deadly. If yeah. if New Day wins, I think the WWE tag team. Like, main roster, for the most part. Again, I don't know NXT as well. But, like, the main roster's, like, tag team division feels pretty lacking right now. Because you have the Usos, and then you have the New Day. And then, like, you have a couple, like, the Brawling Brutes are pretty entertaining. Um, 
but it's a bunch of three-man groups that are more focused on the single guy in the group like imperium and brawling brutes and like i just feel that there's a giant blank in the tag team division but you have the new day but you have the usos being so dominant that like i also wouldn't want to make the new day just a complete afterthought let them go down to nxt for a while at least until the usos drop those tag belts and then you can either have a new day usos rivalry again that doesn't involve titles or just like let the new day kind of breed a new tag division down there and then you can bring up whoever you want and they've already wrestled the new day which are the most wwe style like they if you're going to wrestle somebody to learn how the wwe wants you to have tag matches i would say you either need to wrestle the new day or you need to wrestle the usos so i'm going to push back on you saying that the tag team division is lacking because like you're not wrong about there being a lot of factions and they're focusing on like that like you have legato del fantasma that just opened but they're focused on santos escobar yeah yeah but you do have the tag team um you also have the viking raiders have come back um they're more of a joke tag team but you have uh the maximum male models uh you have the street profits you've got alpha academy You've got what I don't think it's a real tag team because I don't think they've had an actual tag team match, but like Riddle and Elias could be a fun pairing. But I think that's more of going to end up being a vessel of get, doing right Riddle versus Elias. Yeah. Um. You know, so they do have the talented tag teams there. I think you, you run into the same problem as now that, you know, Roman has unified the titles. Now that you only have one set of tag titles and the bloodline has such a strangle chokehold on it. Yeah. So it's it's uh, and I'm not shitting, but, there, but I'm not shitting on any of those teams. That's not what I'm trying to. No, get no, at. no. I it's no, just, I know. I'm just saying it's like there is more depth there than I think you're giving it credit for. It's just we they're really not getting a, a you're only really highlighting one team at a time because there's only one set of championships. Mm-hmm. Um, plus, you have that impending, you know, are they going to pull the trigger on Sammy and Kevin? Well, yeah, as well, it's kind of floating out there. And if that happens, then I will have to like backtrack what i'm saying but there's not a team right now that i see beating the usos and it and it mainly feels like because with like randy getting hurt and then them not really having like you have the new day and you have the usos and those are like your really established teams like now Mm -hmm. you have the viking raiders back but and whatever that's going to lead to being it just feels like they're tagged like it feels like seven years ago tag division right now where you don't really well no because you still have Tyson and Cesaro, but it just doesn't feel like it has the depth that it should, and it, and it could be exactly what you're saying where they only have one set of titles, or both titles are on one team, so mm-hmm. it doesn't really give anybody else a chance to shine. It's just how I yeah. feel. So it would make sense to give the New Day the NXT tag belts and try to like breed a bunch of new really great teams or just test them against a very established. This is the gold standard of WWE television tag team wrestling. Yeah, I, really, I just hope match. we eventually I hope we get uh, I, re, I just really hope we get the creeds versus the New Day at some point. Like if they're going to go down to NXT, give me that match. Yeah, that'd be because that's that's stupid. that's one that I want to see. Yeah. Um, And then there's two other matches that we need to talk about on NXT deadline. And both of them are the Iron Survivor Challenge match. One is for the number one contendership of the NXT Championship, and one is for the number one contendership for the NXT Women's Championship. Uh, The combatants, the participants, the wrestlers. Am I saying more words because I said combatant and I don't know why? I don't think I've ever said that word out loud. Uh, The women's match is Zoe Stark 
taking on Cora Jade versus Roxanne Perez versus Kiana James versus Indy Hartwell. Good group of good. I, I like that uh, group. Um, I think that this is pretty clearly setting up for either Roxanne Perez, possibly Indy Hartwell. Mm-hmm. But um, I think this is really going to be like Roxanne Perez's moment here. Indy Hartwell is my favorite because her finisher is the name of a black pink song. And it's my favorite black pink song. Uh, that That's just a fun fact. Sorry. I just I, <laughs> anytime I hear the say she hit the pretty savage, I was like, that is black pink's best song. Sorry, my bad. <laughs> no, you're fine. Uh, and then the men's matchup is Carmelo Hayes taking on J.D. McDon't Google Me uh, versus <laughs> Grayson Waller. That's still my favorite fucking just Kevin Owens friggin' killing yeah, it there. That was great. Um, Grayson Waller versus Joe Gacy versus Axiom. And again, it's a solid group of people in the matchup. Um, I could see, and especially with it being face versus face, uh, Apollo versus Braun, because I do think there's a solid chance Apollo could win that match. Um, it'll be interesting to see who um, walks away from that. Now, I know what you're thinking, and Dalton, I know you have no idea because you don't watch it. But listener, if you don't watch NXT, maybe you're wondering, what is an Iron Survivor Challenge? Well, dear viewer, let me break it down for you, because in an almost two minute video, HBK broke down the rules. So here, let me let me give this to you. Following our official rules for the match. Five superstars will compete in this unique 25-minute match as they battle each other and the clock. Two superstars will start the match, and every five minutes, a new superstar will enter the match until all five are in the ring. The goal is to have the most falls when the clock hits 25 minutes. Falls can be won at any time, via pinfall, submission, or disqualification. When a superstar scores a fall, they will earn one point. However, when a superstar loses a fall, that superstar must pay the penalty they are forced out of the ring and into the penalty box for 90 seconds. Once the 90 seconds are up, the superstar can re-enter the match. The superstar who has scored the most falls when the clock hits 25 minutes will be named the Iron Survivor and become the number one contender for the NXT and NXT Women's Championship. Okay, so I have questions. For one, I'm happy to see that even though they got rid of Jeff Jarrett, they kept one of his ideas. (laughs) They're not saying it's a Jeff Jarrett idea, but motherfuck, that's a Jeff Jarrett idea. Um, Two, uh, so in this match... Being the last person to go into the match puts you at a distinct disadvantage. Because you have 15 minutes less to score pinfalls than the first two guys. And then like 10 and 5 minutes for the respective people after. So that makes no sense because usually if you're doing that, you always want the last guy to have the best advantage. But they won't because they actually have less time to score points. Also... What? But, there's a fucking penalty box? So, to to counter what you're saying, they have less time to score pinfalls. Yes. But uh-huh. they're going in with people who are more likely to be pinned. All right. Because counter- they've been worn down from the match. No, no, no. I'm just, I'm. this is their logic. Can I counter that? Yeah. 
All right, there's four, there's three other people to break up pinfalls, which the other people did not have to worry about. Yes, they did. But have they might be, be in the. Pe- but Dalton, they might be in the penalty box. Oh my God, Asa, this is fucking stupid. Like I know. I was man. I'm happy I did not get back on this NXT train. Cause like I heard Iron Survivor, and I was just like, they're just putting words together now. Like what? It, like <laughs> the second you said five, I was like, is it a championship scramble match? Like is that what it is? And it is, but with more rules somehow. And I, this is what I want in my sports entertainment. Long and, I feel like Daniel Garcia talking about the pure championship. Like, that's what professional wrestling needs. More rules. Like, (laughs) what the fuck? God damn. It's it's two matches that are going to happen. Good. So I'm not even doing the whole, like, I hate WWE. I'm not watching things. Like, I did watch Survivor Series. But, mm-hmm. like, I just don't watch NXT. Um, I am working literally all day that day. Because it's Saturday, yeah? Yeah. All right, so I'm I'm working for my, my shoot job in the morning until 4, to which then I have to go straight to Carterville, Illinois. So I cannot watch Final Battle. I cannot watch um, TakeOver or whatever it is now. Um, can you just let me, like, just give me your honest opinion on this Iron Survivor and then I will watch it no matter what your review is so I can laugh at it or be thoroughly entertained by it. I feel like it's going to be a win-win for me. And, and I will say, like, and I'll say, I think the concept is overly convoluted and unnecessary. Yes. You know, it's, it, it, I, I, I don't like the concept, but when I look at the people in both of these matches, I think there's potential there for it to be entertaining. I think they could do something neat with this. So I'm not 100% willing, like, yes, I'm going to laugh at it. It's over. It seems overly complex. It's it's just, you know, I'm not into it. But that said, I'm still going to watch it. I'm still going to give it a fair shake. I think it could be better than it sounds like it will be on paper. Do I think that this is going to be the first and only Iron Survivor challenge we see? Probably. More than likely. But, you know, I I'm I'm not willing to just, like, write it off as like this is going to be terrible it might be it could end up being really bad but it also could end up being fun so we'll see we'll see what that is uh dalton you talked about survivor series Mm -hmm. you mentioned survivor series i should say uh that was last week or two weeks ago i don't know time doesn't mean anything anymore who cares Uh, um last week it was last week but we'll talk about survivor series um it started off with the women's war games match of team Bianca Belair, Bianca Belair, Alexa Bliss, Asuka, Mia Yim, and Becky Lynch defeating the team of Bailey, uh, team damage control, Bailey, Dakota Kai, EO Sky, Nikki Cross, and Rhea Ripley. Um, what did you, what did you think of this war games match? The first main roster WWE war games match. It was fun. I was very, I was very entertained by the women's match. Um, I really, really have dug every woman's war game match that they've like yeah. between NXT. Um, I was at the very first one live. Um, just make sure Io Shirai is always in them because she somehow <laughs> finds a way to, or Io Sky. She always finds a way to like out crazy her shit. And I'm always here for it. I love her. Um, Asuka in a war games match is also like, I really like the way they did it up until uh, Mia Yim came in where she was just chucking weapons in. Because I feel like at this point in War Games, they're doing that too much. Yeah. Especially because they did it in the men's match too, which again, that happened at 
I think that happens. I'd have to go back and watch the In Your House War games with like Braun Breaker and like 2.0 versus Black and Gold to like make sure. But I feel like they did it in that one too. Where like there's always has to be weapons in these matches. And it's like it's a fucking War Games match. You don't need tables. Like they're neat to have, but they're not a necessity. And like you have two rings, you have this giant cage, you have rules that you can't escape it. Like I feel like you can tell a good story without needing the Gaga of weapons. But the women's match was really good. I liked the, like, I feel like it was a really well-wrestled match for what it was. Mm -hmm. So I enjoyed it overall. I just, the weapons thing just is starting to feel very redundant in these matches. I I wish that they would have done, like, either, either the women's match or the men's match introduced weapons. But they were both, they were in both, and it was something that started in NXT as well. So, like, sure, I'm sure there's people that this is the first time they've ever seen a War Games match. Yeah. So, like, it w- I think it would have meant more if it wasn't just, like, immediate in both. Yeah. So, and yeah, I, I agree. But again, but but like you, I also very much enjoyed this match. Yeah, it was a ton of fun. Like, so the uh, takeover in 2019 in Chicago where, they, where it was War Games, mm-hmm. um, I very much remember they did weapons in both because it was probably my favorite War Games moment where... Rhea Ripley shit whipped a uh, trash can into Bianca Belair coming off the top rope. She just fucking launched it at her. Great mm-hmm. visual. And that was the one where uh, that bald fucker Ciampa sent Adam Kroll through the uh, table going off the top with his um, white noise. The air raid crash. Air raid crash, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, no. Uh, but yeah, they always do it. And I'm like, man, it's it's such a cool match without the weapons that I don't think you need to do it every time. Yeah, no, and I, and I agree. Yeah, I one hundred percent agree. It's enough of a spectacle on its own. Um, a very scary moment where I thought uh, Belair may have been hurt whenever they caught um Eo Sky and like her leg went down kind of funny and she yeah. was immediately like then selling the knee like so that made me nervous but uh didn't seem like there was any um long term injury coming out of the match so that's a very good thing. Uh, AJ Styles with the OC defeats Finn Balor with the Judgment Day. Um, I loved this match. This was kind of what it needed to be. They got the all the people at ringside out of the way uh, pretty relatively early on. But like this is just two of the best wrestlers to ever wrestle wrestling. Yeah. And, and I enjoyed it. Plus, it was a big win for AJ. Like. I. This is very much a damned if you do damned if you don't situation to me, because like on the one hand, this is AJ Styles first like solo like one on one pay-per-view win since like 2019 but also finn balor like the judgment day still kind of like yeah they just beat edge in that i quit match but like you gotta think he's coming back with beth phoenix so i don't know i feel like finn balor and the judgment day as a whole really shouldn't be losing a lot of matches right now yeah at least until edge shows up because you don't want to ruin that yeah so i it's just kind of a this this was a weird so i don't know like a good way of you know getting out of that but i you know it was it was still a really good match and aj styles like picking up a win i'm not going to complain about at all yeah Yeah, because like judgment day with with dominic and rhea ripley's dynamic oh it's so great it doesn't matter like they can the the video i don't think we talked about the video where dominic takes her home for thanksgiving she beats the yeah that was yeah that was that was um, a fun video. There was a TikTok I saw uh, where it was uh, Tozawa versus Dominic, and he's about to hit the top rope senton. And again, I still don't know how you hit that move and not murder somebody. But anyway, 
you hear Rhea yelling, move, Dominic, move, move. And he moves. And she just turns and she's like, oh, that would have hurt so bad. And I was like, God, I've always loved Rhea Ripley. But I so love this version of Rhea Ripley. Like, this is this is final form, like, Rhea Ripley, where, like, this is the most entertained I think I have been by a wrestling character in a while. Mm-hmm. Where it's just, God, she just figured it out. She, she has cracked the code. She's everybody's mommy. God damn. Mm-hmm. God damn. She, no, it's, she's killing it. It's yeah. great. Like, and, and that, the, the women's war game match, like, kind of spotlighted, like, no, Rhea Rip, like, she's fucking money. Yeah. And it's just a matter of time. She had a little standoff with Becky, uh, on Monday. Like, yeah, I'm ready for that. The like, man, I don't think we're, I, the man versus the mommy. Ooh, I'm here for it. <laughs> I'm here for it. Oh, let's yep. go. That's a, that's a mania match, baby. Yeah. Uh, Night one of 50s main event. That one mm-hmm. right there. Buy one, get one special. Goddamn. Uh, next up was the WWE SmackDown Women's Championship. Ronda Rousey versus Shotzi. That was a match. That happened. <laughs> uh, triple threat match for the WWE United States Championship. Austin Theory defeated Seth freaking Rollins and Bobby Lashley to become the new United States Champion. And in his big... I'm not a kid anymore. I'm a man. You will respect me. <laughs> also, uh, my entire background walking to the ring for my big championship win is the fucking Beyblades. I kind of feel bad for him, but also I don't. Like, he actually did a pretty... Like, did you see the interview that he did where he talked about it? Uh-uh. Uh, if you... Also, I, 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 I don't... I probably can't find the link. If you Google Austin Theory speaking out, um, <laughs> where he talks about the Beyblades... Um, it'll, it, it's, you know, it's, it's a very good read. <laughs> oh no. But it was just like, it, that looks so dumb. Like, you know, it's, I get it. It's a business. <clears throat> That's a dumb choice though. Cause that just but, like, yeah, it's, you know, you're in the middle of this cur- you're this character renaissance for him. He's winning the championship and his entire Tron is completely, the entire video wall is taken up by your Beyblades partnership. Like, okay. Okay. Um, that said though, the match was really good. Like this was a ton. This was a really good triple threat match. Yeah. God, I love like Bobby I Lashley so much. Bobby Lashley, Seth Rollins, both just like fucking killing it. Yeah. I don't entirely understand what they are doing with either of them character wise. Like, I guess they're both kind of tweeners, but at each other. So it's, it's weird. Yeah. But, um, Especially like Monday, where I don't, I don't know what's going on, but I'm very entertained, and ultimately that's what matters. And then the main event, the men's war games match, the uh, Bloodline, Roman Reigns, Solo Sokoa, the Usos, and Sami Zayn defeated the Brawling Brutes, Sheamus, Ridge Holland, and Butch, Drew McIntyre, and Kevin Owens. Uh, one shout out to Kevin Owens for the dusty tribute. Yeah, that's dope. The red, the red elbow pad, the shirt, that was awesome. Two again, the match was awesome. I loved the um, all five of them doing the beating of the drum. Oh yeah, yeah. on people like that was a fun visual. Um, this was another like the match itself was fantastic, but I mean the only thing that you we can really talk about is the ending with Sammy's with the character work and like i when you're when you're talking about a war games match with 10 people in it the character work 
being my biggest takeaway is like pretty impressive, right? Because you have in the night where, you know, yeah, it's wrestling. You got to suspend the disbelief of like Sammy lying to Jay about talking to somebody in front of a camera. Like, that's just a dumb wrestling thing. You have to move past. Yeah. Don't think about it. But for, you know, Roman to ask him about it and him to, you know, Jay asked Roman about it. Roman tells him, I'm going to ask him and I'll be able to tell if he lies to me. Roman asks him about it. Sammy is honest and he gives him a genuine, like a reasonable excuse of like, hey, he already doesn't trust me. He's got a match coming up. I don't want to put that on him. I would rather let him focus on his match than like any extra BS with me. And he pledges his loyalty to the bloodline into Roman. So Jay's the first one in. He's 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 at the disadvantage. Uh, the timer goes off. Jimmy wants to go help his brother. Roman stops him and sends Sammy. Literally grabs Jimmy's shirt and just goes. And like, no, no. Him. Also, can we talk about Roman sitting in the cage? That was baller as fuck. Fucking mob boss. He oh. was. He saw Rhea Ripley doing the pull-ups in the, the shark <laughs> cage, and he was like, well, I gotta one-up that bitch. And he <laughs> did! <laughs> oh, so, and then the Sammy and, and uh, Jay aren't getting along in the match. It's causing friction. There's the accidental super kick. But then in the end... Sammy stops the referee from counting the visible three count from the stunner. He low blows Kevin Owens. He puts Jimmy like, or he lets Jay hit the splash to get the win. Bloodline wins. Jay finally embraces Sammy. They hug. It's super like, what? Why am I feeling these feelings? Because I know. But then Roman just staring the death hole through sammy after the match yeah of just like oh my god it is i am going to cry when they turn on him dalton yeah like i legit think i'm gonna cry it's gonna be rough because sammy has been the mvp of this oh yeah between between the usi stuff between the the just like the emotion that he can show Oh my god, it's gonna rip my heart in half. And I, and yes, the Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn finally winning the tag titles off the Usos would be amazing. I will not complain about that. But goddamn, there, I don't give a shit about The Rock. I don't give a shit about Cody Rhodes. The I want to. It needs to be Sami Zayn taking the title off of Roman at WrestleMania. Yeah, that is what I want to see. That is what I want to see. Yeah, I kind of agree. The tag titles is a good. It's a good consolation prize. Yeah. But like, oh my god, oh it's it's got it would be so good. It'd be so good. This like legit. This the bloodline might be my favorite thing in wrestling. Like we're gonna do. Um, so we'll do a show, and I don't think I've told you this. Um, but we'll do something like we did last year, where we'll do the show next week. We'll talk about deadline. We'll do. We'll talk about ROH, um, final battle. But then we're gonna take the last two weeks off for Christmas and New Year. Yup. And then we'll come back in January, and that's when we'll do our, like, best of 22 show. Yep. And that's what we'll start with. I, I'm i I'm so torn on, like, who my wrestler of the year is, because, like, every time I see John Moxley do anything, I'm like, it's gotta be him. Yeah. But, like, man, if the bloodline isn't my favorite thing in professional here's, wrestling. Alright, and here's the difference. Here's the difference. John Moxley 
is my favorite wrestler of 2022. Because it doesn't matter what John Moxley does. I'm I'm a fan. Whereas mm-hmm. the Roman Reigns thing, I love the bloodline as a whole. And Roman has been having great matches. But I have not cared as much about a Roman Reigns match as I have a Moxley match all year. Now, is Roman in way more entertaining things? Yes. But as just a singles wrestler, it's Moxley all day long. Mm-hmm. Like, he told that one guy to fuck off, like, the first thing he did in 2022. And it's just <laughs> been that all year, baby. And I love it. <laughs> he shouldn't. Hey, go fuck yourself. He shouldn't. He shouldn't have lost to CM Punk at uh, All Out. Um but it is what it is. I don't care. It's oh, uh, we're gonna. Don't worry. We're gonna get. Uh, <laughs> oh, we're gonna get. We're gonna get to losing championships here. But anyway. Survivor Series was fun. Yeah, yeah. Um, before we get into full gear, which we're gonna rapid fire through that. Um, eight. We talked about this on Sunday as we were driving around, and I want to mention it here on the show too, and see if like, the, if the people who listen to this agree or not, but. AEW and WWE both have pacing problems with their pay-per-views, but they have the opposite problem. Because in Survivor Series, that was five matches total. And granted, you have two War Games matches that were just shy of 40 minutes. Um, AJ Styles, according to Wikipedia, uh, the AJ Balor match went 18 minutes, uh, and then the other two were 7 and 14. But it was still like a four-hour show. And it, it just, it's so, it's so weirdly paced. Yeah. With like the, because I get there's Peacock ads. And so we get those weird unrelated video packages that are extended. And it's just, it's, it, it, it isn't a great viewing experience. Overall show, just like on match strength, fantastic. Like the women's match was, the women's title match was what it was. But like outside of that, everything else was like really entertaining to me. Um, so, but it, but it was just it, man. It felt so drawn out, and it really didn't seem like it needed to. Mm-hmm. Whereas Full Gear, there were thirteen matches, and yeah, if I'm paying fifty, if I'm paying fifty bucks, I would rather there be too much. Yeah, I would rather be like, oh man, this is going kind of long. But it everything was so one after the other after the other after the other. Like there was, it was just difficult to process a lot of it that happened. But starting off with. The pre-show, the buy-in, best friends, Chuck Taylor, Trent Beretta, Orange Cassidy, Rocky Romero, and a mystery partner uh, defeated The Factory, QT Marshall, Aaron Solo, Lee Johnson, Nick Camarado, and Cole Carter. Um, and the mystery partner ended up being Danhausen, but it was evil Danhausen, uh-huh. who like actually got to wrestle and had different entrance music, and it was super cool. Um, he was still kind of goofy, though, and like silly. So that kind of cut took the edge off of like the the evil character, but we got to see the teeth return. So I'm very happy, and I love Danhausen. Gotta love Danhausen. I had to go get groceries during this match, <laughs> and I was very bummed out by it. Your time management skills are lacking. That was not my fault. <laughs> <laughs> the AEW World Championship Eliminator Tournament semifinals: Ricky Starks defeated Brian Cage. Um, Ricky Starks went on to win the tournament. My favorite moment of this match was when Ricky kicked out of a pinfall and then just like for no reason, seemingly just slapped the shit out of the back of Brian Cage's head. <laughs> just like it was like, all right, cool. Um, and one of the highlights of the entire night, 
Eddie Kingston versus Drew Nakayama. Uh, Eddie Kingston defeated um, Akiyama, one of his heroes, a match that he's been very vocal about hoping to have. He got his one-on-one match. It was fantastic. It was such a good but match. Then, but then instead of going to like the rapid fire rundown, Eddie Kingston just like demands a microphone. Bryce is counting me down. Order the goddamn pay-per-view. Like he talks about what that match meant to him in front of the crowd and, and just you know, order the goddamn pay-per-view. What are we doing here? Yeah. <laughs> I love that man. Um, Future world champion has to be has to be. God, you can only hope. The pay-per-view itself started off with Jungle Boy Jack Perry defeating Luchasaurus in a cage match. This was great. Uh, Christian Cage stealing the the keys from the referee, like very, very sneakily, only to then immediately get discovered. Yeah, was great. Um, Very, very bloody match as well. Oh, God. But it made Luchasaurus look like a monster and it made, you know, Jack Perry look as resilient as you would want a future top baby face to be. Yeah, and that's that's what he is. That that match did everything like that match accomplished everything it needed to accomplish. Yep. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, The six man tag team match for the AEW World Trios Championship that then turned out to be match one of a best of seven series. Jesus. Uh, Death Triangle, Pac, Penta, El Zero, Meado and Ray Phoenix defeated the elite Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks. Um, I loved this match. Of course. This was it, it was it was what you would expect it to be. But it was great. I liked the finish of Phoenix using the hammer finally, um, and how proud of him Pac was. Yeah, was pretty funny. Like a like a um, papa. The the elites new carry on my wayward son entrance. Well, I I dug the hell out of that. I did really enjoy it. Although we do need to get Sam and Dean at some point. Just have them in the crowd. Just a throwaway cameo. Doesn't need to be anything involved. Like, maybe they come out in, in, in Baby. I don't know. You know, pull the car from heaven. Car went to <laughs> oh, Never mind. Oh. Uh, uh, nope, I'm, I'm not getting mad. You just, I'm not getting just, mad. No, you're already there. I've known, Shut up. I've known you for 10 years. That was a... You made yourself mad. Uh, mm. Hey, the single... There was an AEW TBS championship match as Jade Cargill defended against Nyla Rose. Uh, I thought this was a fun match, too. It was... Wrong person won. Uh, see, I, I simultaneously agree and disagree. Yeah. Like, Jade Cargill winning needs to be a big deal. Um, and I don't think Nyla is the right person for that necessarily. But she's been that the said, most entertaining. But, but she's I love been her. the most entertaining. Um, Vicky Guerrero, we both think, came out in a Rhea Ripley shirt because it said I'm. it's the no, I'm no, Mommy it shirt. No, no, it wasn't think. That was the WWE shirt. But didn't she have one that said I'm your mommy no, before? No, I don't think so. That was the Rhea Ripley shirt. Okay. Yeah. I, if that's true, God, I need it. But Love. they had she had the low rider entrance yeah. and it was that was super cool. And the match was fun. Seeing um them like trade finishers. I'm I always like yeah, I dig that, that dope, yeah. in a few too. Especially with like Nyla Rose stealing the championship and then stealing her finisher. Mm-hmm. Just the absolute disrespect. I love it. I loved in a I lot of the cards it would say um tbs champion jade cargill and then it would say tbs champion on nyla rose but it was in quotations on some of them yeah that shit mm-hmm. cracked me up that's good um four-way match for the roh world championship chris jericho defended against brian danielson claudio castagnoli and sammy guevara um it was good 
Mm-hmm. It, you know, there were moments where, yeah, everybody th- I thought was going to win, like we said it would. Uh, I liked what they did with Sammy and Chris, you know, that brief kind of, hey, what the hell are you doing? So it wasn't just a uh, weird Handicap. tornado tag match. Yeah. So uh, in her first match in 55 years, Soraya defeated Dr. Britt Baker DMD. Um, I wish I liked this match more. Yeah. This just, it didn't, you know, I, we were messaging each other and like, you seem to like it, but like, man, it just, it didn't feel as big of a deal as it should have been. And like, it kind of seemed like Brit to me was carrying her through. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I just, uh, it didn't, it didn't click. I think the match itself was good. I think the reason it was very, it was very anticlimactic because they drug out the tease of the match too long. Fair. I think the buildup really fucked it over. Because they like were like, is she gonna wrestle? Is she not gonna wrestle? But is she cleared? But is she not cleared? It should have been like again. Whenever you're looking at like just perfect debut situations, Nakamura and NXT, you cannot find a better. This is this person. Mm-hmm. That's what should have happened. It should have been Soraya shows up on the Titantron and says, "Hey, at full gear, I'm wrestling Britt Baker." Don't make me think if she's cleared or not. Don't give me the month and a half of that bullshit. Just give yeah. me that. Because if you're announcing the match, obviously she's cleared. And then you know what would have happened? That match would have been so much better. Because you wouldn't have had all the weirdness with Soraya's promos. You wouldn't have had the whole Brit was kind of face at one of the shows. Like, the buildup really did screw this match. Oh, okay. Hang on real quick. Preview for ROH Final Battle. New match announced a double dog collar match. Yeah. The Briscoes versus FTR for the uh, ROH tag titles. I don't know how that's going to work, but neat. Um, so Joe, funny enough, there's a, to my knowledge, there's only been one other uh, tag team dog collar match and it was public enemy versus uh, the nasty boys at WCW Bash at the Beach 1996. Don't worry about how I know that. And whenever uh, we were figuring out the Perryville show, I actually pitched that match to Jason. <laughs> I, he was like, how the fuck is that going to work? And I was like, honestly, if four people can figure it out, it would be me, the me, Kevin, and the Crowleys. And he <laughs> shot it down. But I was... I was very dead set on that. So it makes me happy that Ring of Honor's doing it. So I can fucking look at Jason and been, I told you it would work. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's how you know it is because you you had needed precedent for pitching it. Um, let's see. Next up. So that's an extra uh, matchup added to Final Battle. Yeah. Um, three-way match for the AWTNT Championship. Samoa Joe defeated Wardlow and Powerhouse Hobbs to win the TNT championship and become double champion TV champion ROH TV champion and AEW TNT yeah. champion. Um, th- this was a big boy fight and I enjoyed it and I was very surprised, pleasantly surprised yeah. that Joe won. There was no so, wrong answer, which was, I like those kind of matches. Yep, exactly. Exactly. Uh, Sting and Darby Allen defeated Jeff Jarrett and Jay lethal uh, in a no DQ tag team match. Uh, AEW Women's World Championship. <laughs> it, it bums me. It, it bums me out because like I I, sh- I want to care about Sting, um, but like I just I don't care about Jared or Jay Lethal. 
See, and- I like Satnam Singh and, and Sanjay Dutt. And if those two broke off and did their own thing, like, hell yeah. Yeah. But yeah i just this it was it, it it was fine for what it was it wasn't a bad match by any stretch i just it it didn't at this point the show had been going on for a while and i'm i was kind of getting starting to like all right let's uh get this going uh jamie hater defeated tony storm to win the aew women's world championship um it was announced that Thunder Rosa agreed to vacate the championship officially. So, uh, Jamie Hayter is the official AEW women's champion and it will be recognized that Tony storm was an official champion as well. So she is not a interim champion. She would have been a, it will go from Thunder Rosa to, uh, Tony storm to Jamie Hayter in the official lineage. It's not how that works. It's not how that works, but yeah, whatever. Um, well, that's how they're saying it works, so that's how it works. Well, no, I'm just saying, because, again, I'm basing it off of actual precedent with UFC. It's fine. Um, but uh, I did not like this match. It was overbooked. Um, I liked it up until it was a million run-ins, and Hater had to, like... it. it the disconnect between Hater finally did it. She achieved this. After Britt Baker had to hit her finisher like three times and On a fucking Rebel was belt. out there and the belt shot. And yeah, it was she cheated the shit out of it, but it's still supposed to be like a feel good moment. Yeah. And it's it's that kind of disconnect that I don't that doesn't sit right with me. Yeah. The story so. they told made no sense to me because it was the exact opposite of what they were saying. But yet everybody was still acting like it was what they said it was going to like it was mm-hmm. the, the, the match itself was fine. But like the way it was like everything that happened around it like if they had told a different story going into the match i'd have been like man they fucking cheated the shit out of that match but instead they told us like it was i don't know and then everybody acted like it wasn't a thing i just i don't know i don't know that's it's, how I feel it's a it. criticism i have with AEW in general is like they recognize that the crowd wanted hater to win mm-hmm. and wanted hater to succeed but they like did a half measure where it's like yeah well, no look she's champion you wanted her to be champion so she's champion and everyone's happy. We also had her cheat to shit and she didn't earn it. Yeah. You know, in a in a wrestling sense well, of because she had to cheat and all of that. But like, but we're happy, right? And it doesn't it that it doesn't click. And it's part of what I hated about the MJF. Yeah, thing. but I say, well, foreshadowing for things to come. Yeah, spoiler alert. Um, the acclaimed defeated Swerve in our glory to retain the AEW World Tag Team Championships. Rocked. Um, this match was amazing. Um, it ended with Keith Lee walking out on Swerve. So, like, I didn't dig that. Like, I wish, you know, if you're going to do a miscommunication type deal, because, like, it kind of makes the acclaimed look like they needed that to win. Yeah. Is it they had to turn it into a tag team match? Which, I mean, like, I think that it wasn't like a- they have it. They have impressive wins under their belts, but, like, I would have preferred them to have gotten a definitive win here. Yeah. Not, you know, because it turned into a handicap match, essentially. It wasn't a miscommunication. Swerve slapped Lee, like... No, no, no. Okay. What I mean is, well, like, yeah, yeah. they didn't do, like, a mis... Like, I didn't want them to do a miscommunication thing or Where him walking a, out. Yeah, like, yeah. like, let them turn on each other after the match. Mm-hmm. Not, you uh, know... That was dope, though, where he slapped him and Lee just looked at him and the crowd started chanting, you fucked up. That's, yep. that's the one thing I love about how AEW treats Keith Lee, where he is really just a fucking monster. Like, just don't piss that guy off. Uh, But anyway, yeah, no, that match was dope. Anytime those four guys get in the ring together, it's gold every time. 
the acclaimed have gotten just like so good. Yeah. Cause they didn't use it. I like, am I crazy? Or like when they debut, like when AW started and they were a thing, they weren't this good, right? Uh, well, they didn't become a thing until the COVID era. So well, like, that's what I mean. Like well, when, like, they, yeah, when they so, started in, when they, sorry, I said when AEW started, what I meant was they, when they, they started, started in AEW. Yeah. It was one of those things that like, you could tell that AEW was very high on them. Cause they'd always give them time to do their shit, be it on TV or on dark. Mm-hmm. Um, so Tony always seemed very high on the gimmick and everybody around them seemed very high on their gimmick and the way they wrestled, but they never gave them anything to like really sink their teeth into, except for the fact that they were the most established team on the roster at a certain point where they were having more tag matches than anybody else. Mm-hmm. And now they're like, but what if we gave the guys that are kind of our workhorses in the tag division a chance? And then they gave them that chance. And now it's amazing. To the point mm-hmm. now to where, like, people don't want to see the Bucks versus FTR. They want to see the Acclaim versus FTR, which I think is, like, a testament to how good the Acclaims, Acclaimed have gotten their shit over. Yeah. Where, like, I I like watching the Acclaimed the, more than anything else. With a massive layup assist from Daddy Ass. I mean, yeah, no, yeah. No, no, don't, like, don't get me, like... It Very was much like the the Max Caster's raps and stuff like the acclaimed were already popular. Yeah. But then when they paired up with Daddy Ass, which again was gifted to them from Danhausen. Yeah. Like that just took them to the next level. Yeah. Because it was the because whole thing. Because the whoa scissor me daddy. Like it's the whole, you know, scissor me daddy ass. Like it was yeah. became a. It, it, it was because Billy Gunn was there. But it's one of those things where I'm like, fuck, Bowen's better. Better get his roses for the stupid shit he fucking did. To get him over with, like, to get the acclaimed yeah. over. Because, like, yes, Matt, Ka- like, Cash's raps are amazing. But I think I have more enjoyment watching Bowens during the raps than the raps themselves. Because mm-hmm. he knows what he's going to say. So, like, he just has to react to it. And he yeah. does it amazing every time. But, yeah, no, that match rocked. Um, and then the main event, MJF defeated John Moxley to win the AEW World Championship. And dear listener, what a fucking squandered waste of a huge moment for MJF to me. This sucked. Not the match. The match was fine. Um but this build for the champ- for the championship match, I have disliked just about every step of the way. Yeah. Because let me break it down to you. Because this is from my perspective. And please, if I am misinterpreting something, please let me know. And, and so I can change my mind. But you have MJF leaving, walking out, him and being gone for months. He hires the firm to steal him the casino poker chip battle ladder match for the championship match. He then fires the firm because everybody is very happy that mjf is back so people are cheering mjf so mjf decides you know what i'm gonna do this the right way i'm going to earn the championship even though he already paid to have it handed it to him essentially the match handed to him so he fires the firm and begins feuding with them kind of while also taking out moxley they have the match the crowd is very behind MJF because he's a dick. He's not a face. At no point in this is MJF an actual face. Yeah. 
he says kind of pseudo face things in between the very, very heel things he says and behaves. But he's not a face. He's just getting cheered because he's so entertaining and he's been gone for so long. So he fires the firm only to recruit William Regal to betray John Moxley and to help MJF win the championship. Oh, I, and then in the press conference, I fooled you all. You thought I was going to earn it? Ha ha ha. No, no, they weren't cheering you because you were a good guy. They were cheering you because you're a dick and you're good at it. So ha ha ha, the, the greatest trick the devil ever pulled, blah, 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 blah. Then, two weeks later, he attacks the dude that he recruited to help him win the championship after he fired the team of people he hired to help him win the championship. Oh. Uh, in, in, in between, William Regal comes to the ring, says the words, MJF, yay, cheers, hooray, we love that dude. But I'm William Regal and I betrayed John Moxley. Boo, we hate you because you turned on John Moxley. It doesn't make a lick of fucking sense. And then to ter- make it even worse, Dalton, because uh, I, I was trying to see if anything got announced for Final Battle, William Regal got his send-off from yep. AEW tonight, <laughs> where he says, oh, I actually only betrayed the Blackpool Combat Club because they don't need me anymore, and I want them to be able to let me go, but they wouldn't be able to let me go, so I had to do something despicable to make them hate me. But I actually love them. Bye. Okay, now I have to go. My planet needs me. I feel like I am taking, like, is this what mental, is this what schizophrenia feels like? This is the most disjointed bullshit. You know what would have been a million times more effective? If if the original plan was for it to be like MJF and the firm versus CM Punk. Okay, do the exact same thing, except it's MJF and the firm versus John Moxley, who is beloved. Yeah. You could have him be the most dastardly bullshit asshole, heel, and then, like, tell the almost the exact same story, but a million times better without the bullshit fake pseudo face turn that no one bought into. Yeah. Have it just be, okay, this is the heart and soul of the company, and this is a douchebag who's just out for acclaim and money. Okay, and then he he wins the title because he steals it from him. And then he takes out William Regal on top of it? Yeah. Holy shit. But no, it's so muddled and confusing. Am Am I wrong? Am I misinterpreting something here? No, no, you pretty much hit the nail on the head, and I agree with you. Um... Because again, you could have had, you could have had MJF take Regal out three weeks ago, before, um, full gear, and then have the firm fuck over Moxley in the, um, match, and then MJF could have went over and probably been booed more. But no, they're not gonna boo MJF. But like, I don't know. It was it's it's so confusing. I can't justify any of it and be like, yes, this was great. Because I, I can't. Am I happy MJF has the title? Yeah, it's cool. And it's and again, like I, I'm not saying this because I dislike MJF. I really enjoy MJF. 
I just, man, like, just I would have liked he his, got there. Just the way, the way got he there. got here, just like, man, this was a real stumble and, down the road to is, get here. And I think it's, a lot of it has to do, like, it is nothing MJF did wrong. It was supposed to be MJF versus CM Punk. All out happened. Okay. Well, what do we need to do? Well, we're going to end up with William Regal and MJF together at the end of it. Okay, that is weird. But it makes sense with the way they were telling the story. Um, With, like, Moxley was never really cutting promos against MJF in the ring. It was almost always Regal. And for Regal to, like, be like, no, I finally saw something in you. Something that happened five years ago in all those stupid fucking emails you sent me. You didn't have it then, but I see it now, and I'm going to back you now. And if they would have kept that going, then, of course, Regal is going to go back to WWE. And it's things that, like, there's stories that could have been told that would have been really cool, but just shit fell out from under MJF's, like, it was nothing that he did. And that's why I was like, it's a shame. It's what you said. It's a big missed opportunity because this should be a way bigger deal than it is. But now, it, like, from what you said, because I saw it too, and I was going to be like, it literally was Regal saying, if you see this, something terrible happened to me. And it's just like, well, yeah, we know we watched last week. But, um, like, it's the whole... How should I say it? The way that it should have happened would have been way cooler than what we got. And it's to no fault of MJF who deserves the world for his first world title win. And instead he kind of gets a meh. Fortunately, the crowd's super behind him. So like that meh is still pretty dope, but it could have been way better. And I think the MJF Regal pairing would have worked if Regal would have stuck around. I think MJF's, MJF winning it off of CM Punk would have been a way better story if CM Punk hadn't gotten hurt and that brawl happened. Mm-hmm. The thing that Tony Khan, I don't think, does a good job at doing is adapting to situations. I think he is so one-track... It's He's very... He's very, like, attention disorder. This is where I want to go. This is where I'm going to go. This is what I'm going to do. Well, if something gets in the way of that, he doesn't have the pivot ability as much. He'll go into what's comfortable and then he'll get to where he wants to go. All right. Well, CM Punk got hurt right after he beat Hangman. What do we do? Well, let's put the belt on Moxley. Cool. That's a good choice. But CM Punk's going to end up with that belt no matter what. Well, Moxley's really getting back over again, though. But CM Punk is going to get the belt again. Okay, CM Punk got the belt again. Well, now he's hurt, and that all fucking happened. So, what do we do? Well, let's put the belt back on Moxley, but I want MJF to have the belt now. And he doesn't have, like, he doesn't have a pivot ability to make it make sense. I I don't fully agree with you, because I think the pivot was putting the belt on MJF. But he wanted, they needed to get there. So, instead of it being Punk, as, like, your number one face of the company... You do it to John Moxley, who is arguably the number one face of the company. So I, I think it's more of a, and I again, I don't know how if if was MJF ever supposed to be cheered? Was MJF actually expected? Like, was he being presented as a face for real? But then they just decided, oh, we are, we do think we're going to pull one over on everybody. I think the 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 issue was they tried to make him face, and that's just it's not as effective so i if they did try to pivot i think they backed out on it but again like i don't know this is it's all just speculation but it ultimately like it wasn't a good 
to me, I did not enjoy it. And that really bums me out because like, if you're going to, if you're doing, you would have to do like a BCC MJF feud. Yeah. But if you have Regal turn on them to join MJF, you know, I maybe this would be too heelish for them to do. But like, if it's uh, Brian Danielson next in line, because we're moving on from Moxley versus MJF, but say it's Danielson. If Danielson is the one that takes out Regal, to just show you, like, no, I am not fucking around. This man is my family, and I will end him because I want that. Yeah. That could have been impactful. But instead, it's just like, look how smart I am. I'm MJF. I fucked up this guy. Except William Regal already saw it coming. Yeah. It shouldn't have been MJF to be the one to take him out. I will say I did enjoy the whole put the ring down and then hand him the brass knucks because that was that promo that I loved so much of you hit people with that because you have to win matches. I hit people with this because I like hitting people. I loved that. That was was a fun callback. And no, and like, and I dug that, but like it would have been if it was, I would have a million times preferred it to be William Regal just being like, evil is my nature. I am a villain. And I saw the chance to be a villain. Yeah. And I see a great villain in him. So it's, you know, it's, it's the turn. It's the frog and the scorpion. Yeah. Like that would have been so much better. But then now he's leaving out on a smile and a wink and a nod. Ah, get fucked. It's such a letdown. It's such a letdown. But, um, we're over time. I still need to eat dinner and go to bed. Yeah. So, um, next week we are going to do the review for deadline and final battle. There's going to be a very big playing with yourself section. God. I am going to guarantee time for that, but I do know how excited you are to talk about the one figure. Yeah. So I'm going to give you an opportunity to, to gush a little bit, uh, because I don't want to take that from you. So um, Dalton, please, um, make sure you're using your words because I know we are seeing each other on a camera, yeah. but this is an audio podcast. Uh, everybody buy the chainsaw, Charlie WWE elite. Um, I love Terry funk. Uh, Terry funk just got, uh, it's, it's dope. We, in the last two months have gotten two Terry funk action figures. Um, and none of them are like ECW Terry funk, which I think is even cooler. Cause like, that's like the one that a lot of people would expect. No, we got 1980s Terry Funk from the Coliseum Collection. And then we got a fucking Chainsaw Charlie action figure, Asa. This thing's fucking insane. It even has the <laughs> baby powder on it. Like, uh, it's a dumb. Ch- Chainsaw Charlie was stupid. Let's be real. Uh, middle-aged and deranged. That was a great tagline for Terry Funk's WWF, like, Attitude Era short-lived run. But, like, Chainsaw Charlie was stupid. That being said, it made such a dope-ass figure. Um... I didn't think I was going to like this figure as much as I did because I was like, I'm only buying this because it's the last era of Terry Funk I think they're going to make. Because, like, they did an ECW with, like, the striped pants and then they did the Coliseum figure, which, uh, just gold, like, gold stars all over the place. So this was just kind of like a filler that I was like, no, I'll get And it comes with the Terry Funk head for that ECW figure. And this one looks a little bit better than that. So I'm going to do a little head swap, swap ski to increase that figure. Um, but, like, this it's so fun it comes with the chainsaw with the double jointed arms there's a lot of different like you can get a very wide range of motion for the chainsaw charlie and i have like two or three cactus jack figures so like i i'm i'm set this is the perfect figure i needed for my 90s collection 
Um, but yeah, next week's playing with ourselves. I got AEW things to talk about. I got some WWE things to talk about. Hell, I may have a heels versus faces things to talk about because the Johnny Gargano figure that he's making, since he just signed with WWE, he can only do it make to, made to order and he can only do a pre-order of it. I may buy one of those for kicks and gigs. Who fucking knows? I might get powerhouse. <laughs> this has been hell on my wallet, Asa. <laughs> and that's, imagine how much longer we'd have to talk if we talked about Power Rangers stuff you too. Fuck yourself and Cody. <laughs> I love that man. And you kinda. <laughs> All right, we're done. It's fine. Uh, but yeah, that is going to be, that's the end of the episode. Um, again, I do want to apologize for not doing the immediate full gear review, but it's just stuff came up and it, it was, uh, it just, we couldn't make it work. So, but we talked about it this week and we're back to a little bit, I say back to normal, but then we're going to do the holiday thing here in a couple weeks too. So it's, Hey, we're loosey goosey here. Just having some fun chatting about wrestling. Um, but yeah, that is going to be the episode. So thank you to everybody for sticking with us and uh, just listening to this bullshit. Um, am I entirely off base with the MJF story coming into the coming into the pay per view and the title win? Please let me know because like I feel like I'm I'm losing it. So, um, but if not, or if you if you agree with me, also let me know and validate me and pump that ego up because that's what I need. But uh, thank you to Dalton, of course, for being here. Thank you for listening and sticking with us here. This has been a lot of fun to do, and I appreciate y'all. So we'll be back next week, but until then, take care of yourselves, take care of each other, and as always, watch more wrestling.